Hello everyone. So we're going to be doing a mock case interview and specifically Diego here wants to do something a little bit more related to cloud or AI. And I was thinking about like, okay, let's do something a little bit similar to what would be interesting for that particular field, in which case it'd be more of like an implementation style, more technical, which is the kind of role he wants. So I'm going to be sending over this case interview or this case study in the chat here. You can just tell me when you're done reading it through. There is a part where it says stop here, so just don't continue reading from that point. All right, so what did you think of the case? Can you tell me about like what you gathered from it? Yeah, so from what I've gathered, I know that your company's named Big Bucks, and the biggest pain that you guys have right now is your help desk service. Um, there, and there's also the increased pressure from competition as well coming mm -hmm. in. I know that calls are delayed typically by 40 minutes there's no way to, to keep kind of tracking on the customer or notes on the call. I know you guys are want to include a customer relations manager, a CRM, mm -hmm. to help manage current and future customers and also track and prioritize those customers as well. Um, you're, right now, I know your, your IT department has, is kind of underpaired and inexperienced, but you have a one-month window to get a CRM up and running and to make a buy, a build and buy decision. I was mm -hmm. wondering, what is a, what do you mean by a build and buy decision? Yeah, so whenever it comes to a new system, you can either customize it from scratch, like, okay, we're going to be very nitpicky about every single thing out there and we would build it typically. Or you buy software out of the box and that's what you do, you configure it. So a lot of companies, they either go customize and they do it in-house or they hire people to do that. It's a lot more money, it's a lot more energy and takes a long time too. But if you do buy, it doesn't fit all your requirements but mostly it would fit like all your requirements within time, uh, money and even the people that are involved. You don't typically need to buy or, or not. You don't typically need to hire that many people for that. Gotcha, interesting. Mm -hmm. And since your IT department's more on the unprepared and inexperienced side, uh, I can assume that you guys want no custom built system, kind of a software that you guys kind of want to implement and buy. I guess it stuff. depends on what it can do, because like we said, uh, we would like have everything that we want. And if we were to get a solution that doesn't even cover what we want, then what's the point of investing in it in the first place? Gotcha. So looking at your two options, I know you guys are looking at Hero CRM and mm -hmm. CRM Action. I know here Hero is more expensive, but has a fuller kind of 360 degree kind of view of the customer on their mm -hmm. background and kind of more details. And CRM Action is cheaper with just enough just to track mm -hmm. the basics of a, of a customer, mm -hmm. right? Yep. And then you, you need to help choosing between the two and then implementing them into the, into the business. Yep. I think, I think I got the, the gist of the, of the situation. Okay. All right, so I'm gonna move on to the follow-up question. So which groups of stakeholders should we meet up before recommending a CRM system? Interesting. Can I have a second to gather my thoughts? Yeah. I know from looking at the, at the situation, I think mm -hmm. your, your two main groups to look at will be the people actually using the the uh, CRM and the customers as well. Um, once we look at the people who are looking at the, who are actually using the CRM, we really want to know how they want it to be implemented, how, what they want to see in the CRM, 
and kind of what helps them on their day to day while they're contacting customers, what kind of details they need. Who are and, these users? Um, the, the customers of Big Bucks. Uh, do, do, do we have any information on who exactly those customers are? That's who we're asking. Um, Based off of the case, do you know who we would be going to in the first place? Like Big Bucks is a big company, but where, who in Big Bucks should we go to? Uh, particularly people on our help desk service. Now. Okay, yep. And um, probably the IT department as well. Mm -hmm. uh, although they're not going to be very much in um, kind of building the CRM, they're, they're mm -hmm. going to be ones kind of helping implement this into our into our system. Yep. I would definitely have them um, a part of this as well. Okay. Yep. So is that your final answer? Uh, yes. Okay. So I would say a little bit of feedback on that was first off, you dived right in and you said the people that would be using it, which was a good one, but you need to be a little bit more specific when you said big bucks. I'm like, well, that, that's like the question I'm asking is when you start doing this, you need to talk to stakeholders about what's your issue. Like, let's walk you through how you would even use a system like this in the first place, but who would be using it? Would it be HR? Would it be finance? Would it be IT? And you hit the nail on the head over there where you said it was more about the IT help desk. That's what I was looking for and the IT team as well. What I did kind of like was like, what, when you said customers, so I'm kind of curious here. Do you know what a, a customer relationship management system is? Isn't it where kind of um, what, where the HR team kind of takes tickets and kind of get the information on, on the customer and do their kind of contact with the customer or am, am I totally off the mark? Yeah, you're, you're half off the mark. Um, so you are right that this is something where you use to kind of see like, okay, this person has contacted us before about this, this, and that. They had issues with this. Maybe the last time we were on a call, like this person worked with them. That's what the system is, but it's not a customer facing system. It's typically internal. So think about like, if you were to go call your bank and you wanted to maybe get issued another card or something like that, you don't have access to that. It's mostly just them internally and they'll know like, oh yeah, so the phone number, that's your phone number and we can link it to your account, that kind of thing. That's all on their own system. That's what a CRM system would be. But if you're being involved, that's more of like, actually like some, I don't know, like a chat bot. Like I've never seen that before. Um, I think like there are probably ones out there, but for this specifically, it's just to see everything on track. So like in the case itself, they said that they have nothing to track or prioritize customer issues. So some things like you may want to escalate if one is more important than the other. Maybe someone just wants to change their password and someone just actually like their account just got hacked. Like, of course, the account got hacked is more important. So that one is like a more of an internal system that they need to do. So it is not client facing. I mean, it is client facing. Yeah, but it's not customer facing where the person actually sees everything. Some systems could be like that where you can see the tickets, but usually that's internal and not actually customer facing. So I would say that for the answer specifically, you gave a good answer minus that little hiccup there with the customer. Uh, but I think like if you learned a little bit more about like, let's say what an ERP system is or CRM or all the types of systems out there and what role they play in businesses and with clients, it could be a lot easier. So that is something that like, if you're trying to prepare for a technology consultant case interview, you would want to know that. Like I know like typically you would probably get a technical interview if you're going for a technical role, but for technology consulting, they want to see how much do you know about the actual like 
I don't know how you say it, the world of IT. So maybe like, oh, what's big data? Like you may not know how to work with big data, but at least know what big data is. And in general, there's also like a lot more layers than just groups of stakeholders too. So for example, a great answer would include identifying business partners and try to understand key performance metrics that the systems will have to meet. So for that, that would be more about like, okay, well, yeah, we have a system, like we want to see everything that they're doing, which is a good thing, a good and a bad thing actually about when you ask a user, what do you want? But at the same time, maybe it doesn't align with what the leadership wants. Maybe leadership cares about your turnaround time, and but then the user's just like, well, I would want this button to be here, or I want this to this report to show up. That's very small. But if all those little things that you talk to the user about doesn't actually apply to the main point of like having the CRM system, then it's basically useless. So you always want to see who's the main key decision makers in here. So stakeholders could be like the IT team and then also people who's usually like gathering the data and reporting off that. So in this case, the leadership of the project and also what, what do they care about? So usually there's like key performance indicators, like, okay, turnaround time, maybe click through rate, or I don't know, like all these random things, but these are usually the ones that they care about. But the thing about whenever it's about stakeholders is like who cares about them what are they doing with this information and that can actually help you really learn about what the requirements are gotcha. i did i did have a question yeah so for do we have more information on like hero crm and action CRM? what do what they kind of provide the it team and in terms of what they see about the customers yeah so for this case Actually, whatever was just prevent, provided is like all we're going to provide. All of this is really just walking through your thought process of the buy and build. So you don't really need to know anything about the software other than the fact of what's provided, like one's more robust, but it does cost more money. And the other one is like a little, a little bit more lean, but is not as expensive. So those two, like just thinking about that in the frame. So any of these questions I'm going to ask is really more focused on the process than it is on the solution. Gotcha. Okay. okay. Yeah, so the next question is, you have collected 70 business requirements for the new CRM system. Hero CRM meets 50 of the requirements while a CRM action would satisfy 35 of them. Both systems fit within big bucks budget. Which system should we recommend? So we can either do Hero CRM, CRM action, or further analysis if necessary. So what is, what is your answer and why? Okay, just to make sure I have everything. Mm-hmm. So we have seven, 70 business requirements. Hero meets 50. Yep. And the other, the action meets 35. Yep. Gotcha. And both fit within the budget. Both fit within the budget. Um, do we know how long each takes to kind of implement into our system? Uh, let, let's just assume that time isn't really a matter here because they both fit into the time frame. Both in the time and budget. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Can I take a minute to get in my thoughts? Yeah. So after looking at what we have so far, mm-hmm. 70 business requirements, hero meets 50, action meets 35. I think we would need to have further analysis okay because we don't know exactly what these requirements are mm-hmm. and what they can fill exactly so maybe i would say meeting with the it team or leadership kind of going through these requirements and prioritizing them in terms of what do we want to see right now and what can we put on the back burner 
And then after that, I would definitely restructure those business requirements and kind of have like a number-based system where number one is what's most pressing all the way down to number 70. And then after that, kind of put them side by side and seeing what hero or action, what, what kind of really fits in with our kind of priorities. Mm -hmm. After that, I think that'll be put us in a better perspective, better a better place to make a decision on which one would be best, mm -hmm. regardless of price or, or time. Okay. That was a great answer. I would say you definitely answered it to the level I was expecting it. So number one is yes, you got the right answer. It's further analysis if necessary. And what I liked was that you actually detailed what are the next steps rather than saying, yeah, like this is why we'd want to find out. But then you didn't really just say that, but you actually added on to it, which is the process of how to actually do it. That was really good. I think like if you were to do this in a real case interview, you would get really good points there. And you even went very specific too as to like what you would be doing, how you would rank it, which also is really good too, because that's what we do in reality. We're like actually not just like, yeah, we like these, but these are must have, these are wood likes. You ranked it, which is what really good because when you get documentation like that, it does help guide conversations a lot better. So that was a really good answer. All right, so we do have another question. So what information or insights would benefit the business to help improve the call center? Name types of information or activities, such as key performance indicators that this call center should be able to capture. Could you repeat that question? I'm sorry. Yep. So what information or insight would benefit the business to help improve the call center? Name types of information or activities such as key performance indicators that the call center should be able to capture. Just to make sure I have everything of the question, mm -hmm. we're looking for information and other just activities that would benefit the call center to mm -hmm. kind of implement in our CRM. And we're specifically looking at key performance ind indicators. Yep. May I take a few seconds to gather my thoughts? Go for it. So looking at the information that I have, mm -hmm. I think some of the key information that we want to see is definitely our notes on, on the, the, um, the client. Yep. I know I, I would definitely want to see how it kind of lies on, on priority at first, first to see so that the um, help desk really knows what they're getting into and how kind of pressing the issue is. And also I think it would be very helpful to see how long, the, how long, how long it would take to actually answer the, the question or the need mm -hmm. to kind of see, engage kind of what requirements are, will be needed ahead. Mm -hmm. Also, um, specifically we need our notes on what is kind of is going on. And I think it will be better if we have it in a, in a way that it's easy to write down and see, definitely have it all kind of in one screen. So there's no scrolling needed. Mm -hmm. I think only bullet, if we can make it that it's only bullet points and no big paragraphs, so it's kind of easier for the IT department or the help desk to kind of see these quick points and make these decisions quicker. Um, if it's visually friendly, then it's more time efficient and time is money. So that's definitely going to benefit the, not only the client, but also the business itself. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think those are the big, two big kind of priorities and kind of stuff we would like to see on this CRM. 
Okay, so a few things like I think the first two you said are, are good because those are actual KPIs, but then the second part that was really more about like priorities and decision making for de design. So that's not actually what we were looking for. We were more looking like, oh, number of calls, duration of call, call, caller demographics, maybe like how many do you do over time, uh, closing rate, that kind of thing. Those are KPIs that we were looking for. And one thing that I was also looking for is like, why do we need this? Like what, I, like the, I think the part where you talked about the design elements and why those are important, that works. But what we're asking about here is KPI specifically. So for example, a number of calls, like we want to know maybe like, is there a reason why there's like a lot of calls for this day? Like, is there a bug going on in our system? Or maybe that there's like the holidays and everyone's calling now, like that is the kind of recording that the client would want to know. They would want to see exactly like what drives what, because if you're capturing data, you want to make sure there's a reason why you're capturing it and that you're phrasing it the right way in the software. So that's what this question was really asking for. Did you have any particular questions about how to even answer the question like this? Yeah, I think when I heard the question, I don't know why my first part, what I wrote down first is actually the design part. I think that's mm -hmm. where my head okay. works. I guess that's how I kind of saw the, the question frame. Mm -hmm. but, um, were there any like key kind of words in, in the question that kind of were making, that would guide my thinking in terms of color demographic kind of priority yeah. and all that stuff? Yeah, so it would be, I know like name types of information or activities count, kind of seems a little bit weird to phrase, but key performance indicators, they're kind of universal all throughout in terms of like, what are the metrics? They're always going to be something with numbers or something about to use it for reporting. So if anything, anytime you hear anything about key performance indicators, think about reporting. How, like what kind of reports would somewhere like a call center have? What kind of information would they want to make a decision in something? Like maybe someone needs to be fired, then like how, what kind of information you need to do that? So if you think about it more about like on the managerial basis, I know like you're looking for more of a technical role, but it actually really helps to learn about what businesses care about before you can even do something. Because if you were to build something that they didn't care about, or it was not even hitting what they wanted to do, then it's a useless functionality. So that's why a lot of times we like to design it based off of what you need, your requirements, the key performance indicators, and you want to kind of work around the software based off of those. Otherwise it's just a lot of bloated software that they don't care about. So the key words really was key performance indicators. If you were to just ignore everything else, honestly, that would have been fine too. That that like keyword basic keywords, key phrase is what's really driving the whole thing of like, okay, what are the metrics that you would want to hit and why? And then when you think about actually what I like to do is I think about the why first and then derive the key performance indicators from that. Like for example, performance, what would you want to know? Maybe like closing rate, maybe like number of calls and see like maybe this person is just on their call on the phone talking to their mom the whole time instead of talking to actual people and closing it and closing actual tickets so that is something that you can think about next time is like okay if I was in this situation I think a lot of people who do these they're like well of course I've never worked with a call center like how will I know but if you think about it realistically like okay if I was the customer and this is the person who's helping me how, what would be important to them like of course like let's say Chase has this call support center what would be important to them about me yeah, they probably want to make sure the customer is satisfied. So probably, you know, like at the end, they have like, oh, do you want to like stay along for a survey or whatever? That may also be something like a KPI of like, oh, if you rated five as opposed to rated one from that. Or maybe if it's like something about, are they new customers? Are they returning customers? Which would be a little bit more of the caller demographics or 
the person themselves, if I were now in the perspective of hiring or HR of like, okay, who's like actually closing, who is being successful compared to people who's lagging or people who need help and or maybe just taking too long and they're not direct with their calls, then probably that would be more about duration of calls. And sometimes like maybe like even having short calls could just mean other issues than just closing it. So it's really just all these elements. So focus more about the why and then derive all of that together. And if you're really trying to figure out like all of these words are thrown at you, really focus on the ones that seem a little bit different, like key performance indicators. Now, you know, uh, so did you know what key performance indicators were before this? Uh, I've heard the term. Yeah. And okay. Yes. But I, didn't, I wasn't thinking about it into the numbers metrics. And okay. Yeah. So typically those are uh, actual numbers or metrics. Um, it doesn't always have to be numbers. Like for example, caller demographics, that's not a number, but uh, it, something as simple as like new user, returning user, that is also technically a key performance indicator. You could say like how many of them are new, how many of them are returning, and then the percentage and the ratio. So really, I think this is why I really recommend looking at current events, learning about industries, learning about business. And even if you come from a technical role or you don't even want to look at that, it's really important to learn about this, to know why would the user care about this? Why would the management care about this? Sometimes we're just like, oh, you know, why, why would you care about this? This is stupid. But if you really look into why it matters to them, then you'll be like, oh, okay, I see why it's important now. But then there's also another layer of like, how important is it compared to everything else? So it's always like a moving piece over here. Gotcha. And that's a follow-up yeah. question. Would yeah. it be fair to ask? I mean, I guess it would be fair to ask what a key performance indicator would be. Mm -hmm. But would it would I be able to ask follow-up questions like a business situation kind of case framework where I drill down on what on like what the like color demographics or like to keep asking questions so I learn more about what the business actually wants? Or would I get more of just what you kind of mentioned, like numbers matrix reporting kind of like that fast? Mm -hmm. kind of response and I have to kind of take it from, from there. I don't know what. Yeah, so I would depend on what kind of questions you're asking. If you're asking it and you know that you need this information to answer your questions, then yes, ask it. But if it's just like, I would like to know it, but it's not required, then you're just wasting time. You're not being efficient. So they're really trying to see like, go as lean as possible, only ask the questions where it made sense to ask it. And when you do ask it, you want to kind of phrase in a way like, oh, so I really want to know about this because it will help me answer this question. And then what's the question? Like, blah, blah, blah. So that, that would help them understand the logic behind why you're asking the question. So it's not just like, oh, what's the color demographic? Then all of a sudden, like, well, why are you asking? I, I don't know. Like, it's just out of the question. Uh, so usually if you phrase it the right way in terms of why it's important for you to know to answer a specific question or consider something, then that would be really good to do if you were to ask a question. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. cool. All right. Any other questions? Um, in general or about the, this specific question? This particular question. We have one more. Uh, no, I think I'm ready to move on. Okay. All right. So how would you go about gathering and prioritizing the requirements of Hero CRM and CRM action? Gathering and prioritizing the requirements of Hero and action. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna take a minute and then I'll, I'll come back to you before. Okay. So the steps I think I would take to gather and prioritize 
that of Hero in Action, CRM, is that I would first want to meet with the help desk, the IT team, to really know what they need to be as efficient as possible. Then I would possibly do a deep dive on Hero in Action, kind of talk to their development, um, just their representatives, see what, um, what they offer, or go on their website, kind of see what they offer, and see what boxes are checked and stuff. And on each kind of um, power, on, on each kind of requirements that, that they kind of have on their CRM, mm -hmm. I would lay out a priority list for each one. So for Hero in Action, um, kind of compare what what they have and what was really needed for the IT team and, and the and the help desk, mm -hmm. and kind of rank them both side by side. Um, really taking in, into consideration what what's definitely needed and what's more about their want. Then I would definitely go back to the IT team, kind of see if what I have is kind of correct, about priorities I have set forward or kind of match what they kind of believe is, is the best, maybe get their opinions on it. And then go to the leadership team or the those who have the final say with all this information, pitch it to them, pitch all the findings and, and so they can have a better understanding of what um, what my findings were and what position they, they are in to kind of make a final decision. Mm -hmm. Is that your final answer? Uh, yes. Okay. So I would say that's a good start. It's not the full answer I was expecting. And one thing that I do want to kind of caution you about is anytime where you go to something and stuff, you want to avoid the saying something like and stuff. It's not really that professional. A lot of people end up using placeholders and fillers words like, like, um, uh, even things like thing or that or all those things where it's basically just a placeholder you always want to say like maybe all those things would be all those matters it's a little bit fancy looking it's really the same thing as a placeholder too but it just seems a little bit more professional than something like end stuff or like or like like all the time a lot of people end up doing that without realizing and then they just don't seem that professional so moving on to your actual answer, it was a good start, but it wasn't the full answer like I mentioned. So when you mentioned asking the like help desk people, what were they looking for? I would kind of go into a little bit more about like what specifically are you doing? Are you doing interviews, focus groups? Are you gonna be like literally watching them do their work and see like how they do things? Ask them like what, and even maybe questions like what are you gonna ask them? Are you gonna ask them like, what are their pain points with what they're doing right now? What would you like in the system? That it would be really good to start off first before going right into like, okay, well now we're gonna weigh out everything. But first off, like, yeah, ask them. But what is really important about consulting specifically is that you wanna know what matters. And that's usually how you build the requirements too. It's not just the overhaul, overall like requirements of having the software or having the reporting aspects. Sometimes it's really the small features that make up the big picture as well. Mm -hmm. So another thing as well was that if you were to do this, I think like you would also need to provide the, I mean, if you had that part about being very specific about the types of ways you can ask or gather these requirements, typically the benefit and the cost, the why factor, the impact factor of each of them would be really good. Like for example, if you were to do an interview, you can really hone in on the user experience. And then maybe we were to go through the technical side, like maybe the runtime is too high, then yeah, you'll know that like, okay, performance is really important Then we may wanna cut that down. So it does have like a different way of thinking for each different way you're going for. And one thing that we were looking for was like, actually what's the impact of those kind of questions or those kind of ways you're doing it. So 
another one is separating technical versus non-technical like user experience is nice it's also important but the technical side is also just as important this is a build versus buy so that is very important because if it's a but if it's like a buy, that's pretty simple, like probably is out of the box, but then maybe like we need to think about like, what if you don't have this feature? Can we even build in the first place? Can we do like customization on top of that? And if we do have customization, that's all of it is customization. Everything has to be programmed. What are the technical, like probably there's no technical issues from that. But between the two, if one is a little bit like, here's everything, you can't do anything outside of it, you have to work with it versus the one where, yeah, like probably if you have the right time and the right resources, then yes, you could probably code it. But again, like this is where the technical requirements come in as well. Like if, for example, you need integration with, um, well, this is CRM system. So maybe you need integration with like a phone. I don't know, I don't even know how that works, but maybe integration with a VOIP system, then that way it will record like the time period that it's actually on rather than, than like actually hand coding, like, oh, it's been five minutes then that would be something that is like, maybe it's a requirement. If it's a requirement, can't even support something like that on the technical side. So having that really is important to kind of see like what is feasible or not. So maybe the user experience requires all these kind of things, but what if it's just not feasible with the software? So that's just as important. Um, another one is actually like how to track it and trace the requirements over time. So everything changes once you do testing and once you realize like, okay, well, maybe this feature is not that important and we rather want this feature that is just as important. And if we, like we have to sacrifice one over the other, I'd rather choose that one. Really having that documentation throughout time is also important. And also for consultants, it's just as important too, because if they say, yeah, we wanted this, but then in the past they said they didn't want this, that could be something we use. I mean, I wouldn't say use against them, but it could help us because as time goes on, you've reused a lot of resources, time, and then now you can not you can say like, well, you mentioned this before, that it's really hard for us to work around that because we built the system based off of what you said back then. But again, it's not like something unheard of, like we've always changed our requirements anyways. We always say like, yeah, we want to stick to what we designed today. It's never gonna happen like that. So that's like what I would say, what makes it a great answer. But I think what you said was a good start, minus the part where you said and stuff, like I would just try to train that out of yourself when you do interviews. But overall, since we're nearing at the end of this interview, I would say that you definitely handled this very professionally. You said like, oh, can I have a few seconds, get a few minutes and you ask questions in a smart way. Uh, so I would say you did a really good job. I think like maybe reading up a little bit more on the technical, not technical, but the world of technology, like what's a CRM, what's an ERP. Uh, and that can really help you with learning about it because during the case itself, like there may, it's not technical by any means, but it does ask about a few things that they'll expect you to have some kind of baseline knowledge. So for example, what's CRM? What does it mean really in the business world? And sometimes current events could really help with that to know like, okay, yeah, I know what a CRM is, but how is it like in practice? And most people don't have the resources to really work in a company where you can see everything and learn what it is. So current events is really important too. knowing what's out there too. So for example, what are the CRM systems out there can help you understand the differences between them and what kind of decision making come from it. So in this case, it could be Salesforce. Uh, I mean, right now we're using Hero CRM and CRM Action, but knowing about that too can help you with decision making without actually being in there. And also like, I know a lot of this, like especially the last question, a lot of that, you, you wouldn't have thought about that. I think e even when I started out, I wouldn't have thought about like, oh, you know, like let's track it over time. I thought like, you know, we stick to it from the very beginning, but it's never gonna be possible. So 
that part, it's just like a, it would be great to have if you have it, but I think like where you start out was also a good answer as well. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I kind of have um, just kind of two general questions. Yeah. Just, uh, mm -hmm. just on the process itself. Like when I was kind of gathering my thoughts and I don't know how much time is too much time. Mm -hmm. So sometimes like if I would have had some, maybe some time, maybe I would have gotten more creative with it. Maybe would have mm -hmm. thought a little bit more about these situations. But how do you, how do you know when I'm, I'm taking like I'm taking way too long to kind of get my my kind of thoughts in order, or is that is that even such a thing as taking too long or something too little? Yeah, so I would say that's actually a pretty subjective answer if I were to give you one because the best way to do it is if you literally walk them through what you're writing and what you're thinking that way they know like okay are you wasting time or are you literally thinking and you're staring at the paper uh, because I don't know either way I mean it looked like you were taking notes and drawing things but I don't know what you're doing but if you communicated your entire thought process like okay well I'm going to look into this and then maybe if it doesn't work out that way we're going to do this uh, that would at least tell me like okay that technique counts as an answer even though you're thinking but it does help me really understand what you're trying to say. So if you were to give an answer and that it doesn't really correlate with what you were thinking, I can kind of understand from what you were thinking at least to say like, okay, maybe you misunderstood something, but because I know what you were thinking and like, I will let that slide. So that usually is like based off of how good your thinking is basically. If it was 10 minutes and you really were going down and thinking about every single element, I would actually say, yeah, you, you can do that. But if you were just like 10 minutes staring at the piece of paper and I would just like, what are you doing? I'm like, are you actually thinking? Are you literally stuck? Um, and that's where it may feel too long, but if you were to talk through the process, it doesn't feel too long because you're already providing your answer even if you don't have the answer ready. So in most case interviews, I would recommend that. I think like, for example, uh, if you were to yourself like, okay, I'm gonna conduct interviews with the help desk. And then if you say something like that, also talk about like why the help desk, why interviews, what kind of questions, then I can kind of guide you as well, like without you even providing the answer just yet. And that way, like you will even be on a better track than if you just constantly worked on yourself and then tell me the answer. So a lot of times I think a lot of people actually do the, the like the first part where they just do everything and then they tell me the answer and then they go down like a really bad path. But if they told me about the process from the very beginning, I can actually kind of correct them or say like, oh, no, 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 that's not what I meant. Without you going down the rabbit hole and like, yeah, this is like not going to work. But uh, whenever it comes to something like that, really, it's subjective. Like I can't say maybe five minutes, maybe 10 seconds, like maybe they're expecting you to say it from the very get go and just know it. But uh, the best way to do it is if you really were to walk them through what you're thinking and then you can conclude it at the end after all that thinking. So it does tell me your thought process. It does make the uh, interviewer at least feel a little bit more involved, even though it, you technically given, you didn't give your final answer just yet. Gotcha. Right. Okay. And, and what's your second that, question? Yeah, my last question was just how to combat like nerves before an interview. I know that's something I very much struggle with, mm -hmm. especially with these interviews where I kind of don't have like something in the back of my head that's like behavioral, yeah. kind, of yourself, kind of that kind of thing. Like, how do you combat nerves before an interview? Were you nervous for this? Um, Not very much because I knew it was kind of one-on-one. -on -one. It's like, yeah. I'm actually applying for a job, but once when I actually do interviews, that's when I, I really get kind of, okay. kind of anxious and stuff like that. Yeah, I was going to say, it didn't seem like you were nervous at all. It, did, it seemed like you were pretty 
on on top of it and confident but yeah i can definitely see like a mock interview won't have the same feeling as the real interview so when it comes to case interview i can definitely tell nervousness is like a lot higher than like if you were to do a behavioral interview behavioral interview is very conversational you can you can't really mess up talking about yourself unless you accidentally say something wrong if it's a case interview there is kind of a right or wrong way and there's also like the probably the hardest one to prepare for and to know like how you're doing so what I would do instead is practice like I honestly when I did it I only did one <laughs> so that's like the only way I was like okay well I think I'm prepared I have the interview tomorrow I have like no chance I have to do this and that was like kind of what I was thinking but then I was thrown with this case that definitely was not even anything I was close to for being prepared even if I did prepare 10 months for this interview it wasn't even what I was expecting it was a technology consulting case interview just like this so that's where you really need to kind of kick in like okay now what do I do I was like even more nervous at the time but kind of thinking about putting yourself in the shoes of like an actual consultant and do this as if this is really a client that you're working with. That really helped me because if I was dealing it in this interview, then I'm like, okay, this is an interview. I'm gonna be evaluated every second. But if I put myself in that shoes of the consultant working with the client, then it's just like a normal conversation. I'm just providing a solution. And then it also helped me recall a lot of things in my mind as well, because if I were to be in an interview, I'd probably block out all of it and be like, oh my God, I'm a, I'm a deer in headlights. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. But if I put myself as a consultant, then I'm like, okay, everything I learned in school comes to make sense now. Like I could talk about this. I could talk about that, even though I did not prepare for the case interview, at least that particular type, everything that I was thinking about came out. And I think the more nervous you are, the more kind of shut out you are with what you're thinking about. And maybe even like what to say, like you might start stuttering and you might be a little bit like, oh wait, I just said that. And then you'll kind of lose confidence on that. But if you just kind of slow down I think that was a really big thing is that a lot of people who do interviews that kind of speak really fast or they're thinking really fast and then whatever comes out of their mouth is like does not even make sense that's a lot of people but slowing down really really helps and I think a lot of people are like how do I slow down like this is just something I'm just gonna do I can't just slow down but practicing can really help with that the more you do, the more you're like, okay, it's not that bad. It's you're starting to expect like everything that they're going for. And even the types of questions, like for example, key performance indicators, you'll even know like what kind of key performance indicators are from practicing. And even if it was tech or not, like that is also a question you get in management consulting case interviews. So you'll be prepared. And the more you know about the unknown, the more prepared you'll feel. And because of that, you'll be less nervous and you'll actually be able to slow down and take it in. So I know that was like a lot to throw in. It really is evaluating how you are when you're nervous. Why are you nervous? And then what can you do to work against it? But typically I would say practice, practice, practice. And specifically for technology consulting case interviews, there's not a lot of cases out there or at least not that are public. Uh, and usually just practicing, you imagine consulting case interviews or even practicing networking. I think that for me, that was actually the big key. Like I only practiced one case interview when I did this and a lot of my networking, I was like, okay, meeting someone new that I've never met before. How do I even deal with that encounter? Like, do I know what they're going to say? Like, I don't want them to judge me or anything like that. What do I say? If they say something I don't know, then how would I react to that? That honestly, I just transferred that knowledge and experience to this. And then all of a sudden it just felt like normal. Like I'm talking to a random person who's just asking me a question about what I could do to help their problem. Then if you put it in that kind of mindset it's so much easier to understand. Cool. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for taking the time to interview me and kind of help me walk me through this process. I really appreciate it.
Yeah, no problem. And if you have any other questions, just let me know. Uh, Technology Consulting Committee also is a resource that's out there. All the cases that we're going over today are going to be in there and also sent in the link down below. So if you also want to apply for the program, definitely check it out. It's free and hopefully, Diego, you got a lot of value out of this and hopefully you get that job offer. Definitely. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you so much. Bye.